that awesome? Oh, thank you. Our water boy has arrived. And um, each of my friends and I are going to be holding up a Crossroads mug. And some of you have been here long enough to remember this one. This was the very first Crossroads mug. And uh, so check it out. Hold your mug up and show everybody that we're going to take a mug shot. Somebody, somebody take a picture of us with our mugs up. So this is our, uh, you know, this is the family of God. And um, if you've been here for a while or you're online and you're watching, I've been here uh, for a long, long time. Uh, 30 years ago, Scott and I came to join Sean and Kathleen and Charles and Jill and a few other folks in a life group setting. And uh, they tricked us into coming to be their pastors. So that we, we, we really think that they were... Did you ever see that scripture with Jeremiah when he says to God, you tricked me? Well, so did Sean and Kathleen and Charles and Jill. But they tricked us good. And, and the beauty of it is, is that in this last year, even with COVID... Um, And even before, because I think Hannah and AJ came to our book signing was the first time we ever met and didn't know that they were a part of InterVarsity and our publisher is InterVarsity Press. So that was kind of a cool connection that happened there. And I liked them immediately because they came to our book signing. I mean, who's... And, uh, and, but then found out that um, AJ and Hannah were actually on staff at Albion College And Hannah is the director of experiential storytelling. Isn't that a great title? And and AJ is the area coordinator of community living at Albion College. And and so and and also an alumni of Albion College. And then, you know, so they work with students and help them come to know Christ on campus. Is that awesome or what? I mean, I love the stories that they have about leading people to come to know the resurrected Christ. So that is just fabulous. They're evangelists. They're, they're preachers, teachers, brilliant individuals. And not just because they came to the book signing. And then... And then Arshawn um, is a part of their small group, and Arshawn is a fourth grade teacher at Harrison. See, but what's your name? Harrison. Yeah. So I told him, I'm a grandma. I'm going to say wrong words. You guys have to correct me all the time. And they said, oh, I have to do that for my grandma too, don't you, Arshawn? All the time. All the time. Every day. <laughs> and so uh, a fourth grade teacher, you probably thought Lorenzo's a good reader for a fourth grader, right? Really good, really good, yeah. And everybody, I want to tell you, get that Desmond Tutu book for your kids. That is an important book for all of us to be reading at any age. And and then Victory, and Victory's like, don't give me a title, but, you know, she actually is the community um, activator? Advisor. Advisor. She's a community advisor and, and an RA. So community advisor is the new cool title for an RA. And, uh, and so you can tell, you know, Victory has leadership skills. She's able to lead college students. So let's hear it for that, right? It, that is just fabulous. And, um, and, and, oh, I forgot to say that, um, Arshan, you coach the Albion basketball team. You're one of the coaches there too. Is that awesome too? So these are people that are devoted to young people. And friends, I want to tell you, we need people who are devoted to young people who know Christ right now. We need, you know, we need this small group. There's a few others of you in the room. I know Jessiah and McKenna and others are a part of the small group. Just lift up a whoop whoop if you're a part of that. Yeah. 
And, and these guys, um, we've had a couple of dinners with them over COVID, uh, completely safe, so, you know, physical distancing stuff. Um, but here's the reality. They have a heart to see the church come out of COVID stronger. They have a heart to see the church, capital C, actually come out of COVID stronger. There's a lot of people that have been saying, you know, these days of racism and pandemics, we're afraid for the church. It's just a bad day. But these guys have vision. And I want to say that's why we're supposed to have young people in our lives. Because my dad always used to say that God gives the generation the ability to face the demons of that generation. And that is true, my friends. And so we need to be encouraging uh, our younger generations. We don't do this doomsday, everything is terrible stuff. Friends, right? All the teachers in the room, I'm looking at you. I know that what we want to say to our kids is you are going to know Christ in ways other generations have never known Christ. And you're going to be a spokesperson. So these guys are preaching this morning. So I'm going to turn it over to Hannah and you, oh no, is it Arshawn first? Go Arshawn. Yeah. And, uh, and tell us, you know, what's been happening in the conversation with you guys around all these things. Okay. All right. So my name is Arshawn again. Uh, I'm excited to be here and excited to talk to everyone. Uh, I like to keep it real, so I'm going to keep it real. I'm Come on. Right. And if you need to stand up and preach, you're free to do that too. All right, okay. Okay. <laughs> but I want to talk to y'all about church. So what is church about? So I want y'all to really think about it. Like that's a, that's a serious question. What is church about? But before I tell y'all what I think church is about, I'm going to just kind of give my experience growing up in church. So, so I want to give it from a perspective of why I think that young people are kind of like distant from the church. So growing up, my church culture, it was kind of very judgmental. So people felt as if they had to come in church and they had to be perfect. And they had to have everything together. Like you can't sin, like you gotta look like this, you gotta act like this, you gotta be like this. But as I began to grow up and as I began to mature and study and read the word of God for myself, I learned that that's not what church should be about at all. I learned that that's kind of the opposite of what church should be about. Um, I learned that, that Jesus, that he actually came for the most imperfect people, that, that Jesus came for people who were down here. He provided a way for them. The Bible tells us that we have all fallen short of the glory of God due to sin. Not some of us, not one of us, we all have. <laughs> I know I have, but yeah. That Jesus, he came for the most um, the imperfect people. Uh, what I do think church is about, what's at the center of a church, is God's love. First John Amen. chapter 4 tells us that God is love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that all believing him shall not perish but have eternal life. Mm-hmm. God is love. Yes. And during this pandemic, during covid I feel like it taught us a lot of different things. Uh, It taught us that we can have church different, Mm -hmm. that there are different ways of having church. Like we had church virtually, like y'all might have been in in y'all living room having church. Y'all might have been in y'all bathroom having church. (laughs) Y'all might have been outside. Y'all might have been in the car driving having church. So uh, how 
But I want to think about that in the context of Jesus. So just how COVID taught us that we can have church differently, um, I think that's really awesome because when Jesus came, Jesus did things differently. Mm-hmm. Jesus brought a new way. Jesus was changed. Uh, he did many things differently. Some of the things he did differently was his miracles. He performed his miracles differently. If he wanted to heal a blind man, sometimes he might spit on the mud and then <laughs> put it in the eye. Right. You know, I would probably would have been like, wait, hold on, Jesus. You, 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 <laughs> but he did things differently. Someone touched his cloak one time, and they was healed. He did things differently. His mm-hmm. commandments was different. Jesus brought a new commandment. He said, I bring you a new commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your heart, and all your soul. And the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourselves. Mm-hmm. Love. Love. Right. Um, the Bible also tells us that where there are two or three gathered in my name, there I am. And when we're gathered in Jesus' name, like, what's at the center of that? And that's the question I was trying to get to. And I feel like that gathering is God's love. Mm-hmm. That's what's at the center of that gathering. And then we need to grow in God's love. We don't need to stay the same. <laughs> we need to grow in God's love when we gather. So I asked myself, how can we build godly relationships? Okay, this is the part where I'm going to stand up. <laughs> Come on. Right. So how can we build godly relationships? So as a teacher, I'm going to be honest with y'all, I got a lot of ego checks. I got a lot of ego checks as a teacher. So I would stand up in front of the class, kind of like how I'm doing right now. I would teach to them, yada, yada, yada. I would teach to them. And then I would ask them, like, okay, did y'all, did y'all get what I was saying? And they'd be like, yeah, we got it, Mr. Parker. So then I know that some of them didn't get it. So I'd be like, okay, <laughs> what did I just say? They'd be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and I'd be like, I, I thought y'all got what I was saying. So then I would put them, I would often put them into groups and group them together so that they could um, talk to each other about what I just taught them. And then I would bring them back together. And then this amazing thing happened. <laughs> All of a sudden, they understood what I was saying. And they understood. They learned from each other. So it's this crazy statistic about teaching. And it's that 60% of learning actually happens between each other. 60 percent, 60% of learning actually happens between each other. So they're actually learning more from each other than mm. they are from me. That was kind of the ego check I got. So I, <laughs> but I was like, who's really the teacher, me or them? <laughs> so I think that correlates a lot to the church and yeah. being a pastor. So the pastor might get up here and preach and, you know. You know Nobody's classic, listening. All right. Yeah, do, yeah. They, do, their, do their thing. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus is great. Jesus is awesome. Jesus, Jesus this, Jesus that. But um, 60% of that learning actually happens between each other. So my question is to you guys, who are you doing your 60% of learning with? Wow. Who are you building godly relationships with Mm -hmm. and growing in God's love? How are you showing God's love and building these relationships? Not just, okay, I came to church and that's it. But I took this away and I'm showing God's love. Uh, a lot of times, Christians should be known for their love, but I feel like that's what Christians are not known for. Um, one of my friends, uh, I asked her, why you don't like going to church? She said, because church is so religious. I don't really like religion. 
I'm like, well, you got something in common with Jesus because he didn't really like religion. <laughs> the Pharisees were some of the most religious people of their time, and they did things a certain way, and then Jesus came and changed that, and yes. they, they didn't like and, and they didn't like that at all. Jesus brought change. He wasn't so religious. He was about a relationship. He wasn't judgmental. He hung out with the sinners. He hung out with the tax collectors. So church, let's not be so judgmental, but let's show, let's be known for our love. Mm-hmm. Let's be known for our godly love. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> Thanks, Arshan. <laughs> you I don't know how three more of us can, there's a lot to learn here in this group. And that's, that's what I have to say. Um, mm-hmm. My name's AJ, um, as Claire introduced, and... Um, I don't remember never, I don't remember ever not following Jesus. Um, but what that has meant to me has changed over and over again in in the course of my life. Um, growing up, I was homeschooled. I went to Bible study. I was in youth group. I did everything I could to know more about the Bible. Um, everything I read was another puzzle piece that added to the same puzzle. Um, and I was awestruck by how the Bible works and fits together. Um, and that's a beautiful thing. And that's one of the reasons why I worship God um, is because the story that he tells is beautiful. Um, whether we see that in the scripture or in creation. Um, but the thing I was missing was that I wasn't um, able to tell that story better than, than he did. Um, and so I, you know, in college, I was a part of InterVarsity which is uh, a Christian ministry on campus that really focuses on evangelism. Um, some of my friends from that group are here. Shout out to McKenna. Woo-hoo. She's way better at that than I am. Um, <laughs> but the thing, I, the thing I was missing was valuing the stories of other people. Um, in Acts, there's a passage um, where John and Peter heal a, a crippled man, and the Pharisees know this, it's in Acts 4, and, and they reflect and they say, uh, well, we can't, you know, pretend that this didn't happen. Everybody knows that it happened, <laughs> right? Everybody knows that it happens. The man is walking around, leaping, proclaiming the name of Jesus. Um, and so they don't push back on John and Peter at the time, but they go and talk with amongst themselves and they say, uh, well, we can tell him to not proclaim the name of Jesus anymore. We can't say that this didn't happen. Um, and when they confront John and Peter, they say, um, it is up to you, I guess, to choose if God, if this is against God, <laughs> but we can't help but proclaim the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, and what I was missing was that I didn't know how to not, uh, how do you say this? I didn't know how to not, uh, want to proclaim or I'm messing that up. Grammar. I like it. I did not know how to f- have that feeling. That's the feeling that I wanted, that I couldn't help but proclaim the name of Jesus. Mm. And John and Peter say that is because they cannot help but proclaim the things that they have heard and seen. And if we don't hear and see the stories, all these these resurrection stories that are being shared every week, um, if we're not listening to those and believing that that's part of our Christian story as a collective, as Claire said, capital C church, then we're missing out. Um, Because our story is not enough necessarily. It's not just our story. It's all of our stories together. Um, 
And so, as Arshan said, bringing God's love, we all have to be bringing God's love into this place. Um, we all make the place have God's love. It's, I, you know, with my understanding of the scripture, I always came to church to say I have access to God now because the veil has been torn. But I wasn't bringing God's love to give to somebody else. So that's what I have to say. Awesome. So just take a deep breath there and wonder about how we're either sharing our story or hearing stories. That, and let, you know, let us hear what the Spirit would say to each of us about that. Thank you, A.J. Good morning. Um, I'm Victory, as Claire introduced me. Um, so everything that I'm about to say, forewarning, is going to come back full circle. It might seem really scattered-brained as I'm saying it, but it's going to come back full circle. Okay, so um, the question that was um, posed to me is, what is church in the aspects of home, right? When I look at church and when I was looking for church, I wanted to be at home. Um, And I don't think many people look at church as home nowadays. So when you think of home, home is where you belong or where you feel belonged, And typically where you feel belonged is when you're home. And home can be different for many people. It can be different places, different things, um, and different people. But for me, specifically, home is church, right? And so growing up, I went to church. I did Bible study. I did the choir. I did everything, and that was home for me, right? Um, Not only was I going through the motions, but I was learning. So... I grew up in a small church um, where everybody looked like me. Um, there was like no other, there's there's no other race. It was just everybody looked like me. It was very small, maybe like a 20 people congregation. So um, naturally, we became home for each other. If I needed a ride from school, they were there. If somebody wasn't there to support me at my soccer game, they were there, right? And... Um, that kind of, that was like what I looked for in every other church. So when you have something or when you um, are so used to something, you're used to looking for it in different places. So when I came to Crossroads, that's, <laughs> that's not what I had. So <laughs> that um, came in like my hesitations. I was, I was not willing to call Crossroads home. But I needed to separate from my old home because of um, some other things. That's a whole other story. So, <laughs> so when I came to Crossroads, I was hesitant to call it home because there were not many people that looked like me. Um, and I was defiant to the Lord and, and ignorant to what Crossroads was giving me at the time. Um, I was really just like going through the motions, right? Um, and that stopped me from being able to get the ministry that Scott and Claire were giving and be able to give the ministry that the Lord has put in me to continue to do in my life. So that goes to my resurrection story, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what made Crossroads home, home for me um, is my resurrection story. When you pose the question, what is your resurrection story? I knew what it was right away, but I was like, ah, I'm not going to say that. (laughs) 
I'm not going to say that, right? Um, but before I tell my resurrection story, I want to tell you guys um, that many resurrection stories, um, I feel like God is gracefully breaking you, right? You're gracefully broken. God will break you to the position that he sees you to be in. That's the right place for you. But he's not doing it to destroy you or to hurt you. Um, but he's doing it to uplift you and put you in the perfect place, right? And I know sometimes it does not seem like, like that. Um, for me, it, did, it definitely didn't seem like that. I was like, dude, you're tearing me apart and I can't deal with it. Um, but that was because I kept fighting it, right? So my resurrection story, I was not, I didn't want to consider Crossroads Home because there's people that didn't look like me. I could not connect with anybody. Um, I felt like I was going through the motions. Um, and I didn't put myself out there. Like sometimes we can stop ourselves from having a home, right? Because of the things that are going on within our own heads. So um, then Jaquil was like, come on, let's join small group. And I was like, small group? <laughs> What's a small group? But I was like, well... He's a good person, and he has great wisdom, so I'll go with him. And then I dragged Josiah along. I was like, if if I'm going, you're going, and we're all going to (laughs) go. So we were all at small group, um, and that became my home. Mm -hmm. The people in small group and the stories we shared and the things I was able to share with them um, unjudgefully and with just everything, right? When we come to church, we want to bring all parts of ourselves. Mm. Um, and small group helped me realize that I can bring all parts of myself to crossroads mm. and just lay it out there. Mm. Um, and in the end, we're going to work it out, right? <laughs> right? We can work it out. <laughs> um, so I want to leave you with some scriptures. Romans 4.19 It says, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify each other. And then Romans 15, because Romans 15 answers the question that I cannot answer myself. And that question is, is how do you think the church is being asked to be home for more people? Hmm. So Romans 15 says, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. And not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. And we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. And then I'm going to jump to 32 and 15. It says that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may you and may with you be refreshed. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. And Amen. so that um, kind of just sums up what Arshan was saying about the church being love and us being love for the people, um, God is just reiterating that not only are we love, but we are to treat others with his love and with his peace and with his grace and with his mercy and 
everything that he gives unto us, we should be giving unto our neighbors. Come on, come on, come and on. Yeah, that's what church is. Yeah, <laughs> that is, that's where I want to go. Your, your small group's about to really grow, AJ and Hannah. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, so um, when I heard Victory sharing at small group um, last time we met about church being home from a young age, um, it really challenged me to think of my own experience in church growing up um, and the great things and some of the flawed things. And I loved church growing up because the rules were really clear, which meant I knew how to win. (laughs) I was really good at church growing up. And uh, I think I got really good. I had a lot of experiences with churches and um, ministry between my first church in Crossroads, but I got really good at sniffing out when I walked into a space what the rules were, what was most important, and how to be successful. And for me, being successful is about people liking me. And so then the only questions that were reigned once I knew what success looked like were, am I good at that thing? And do I want to be good at that thing? And I really struggled to find churches that agreed with my rules <laughs> or um, that I felt like they were reading the rules correctly in the Bible. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and when I came to Crossroads um, for the first time, I had a similar feeling to victory of being nervous that God was going to ask me to make this place my church. Um, and my <laughs> friends were very confused because we did spiritual direction instead of a sermon the first time we came. And they were like, Hannah, this is everything you've wanted in a church. And I I was like, but if I go here, I'm going to be sacrificing my comfortable church experience. Like the Holy Spirit's going to talk to me. And they just like were so confused because they were like, isn't that what you want at church? <laughs> and um, I think over the last couple years of coming here, I've realized that what made me so nervous is that um, there weren't shortcuts to success here. There wasn't a single story about how to succeed You could write a prayer on the prayer board. You could light a candle and literally nobody cared (laughs) because it was your relationship with God. And um, that meant that church couldn't be about success for me anymore. It needed to be about my relationship with Jesus. And it meant that I could bring all of myself to church, like Victory was saying. And... Um, when you bring your whole self to church, it's a lot more challenging. <laughs> mm-hmm. You grow a lot more. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I want to give you um, permission, if you've never had that permission explicitly stated before, to bring your whole self to church. And I want you to do that for you because it makes your relationship with Jesus a lot more rewarding. But I also want you to do it for the sake of our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, our generation won't go to places where they don't feel like they can bring their whole self. Um, They know exactly who they are. It's not cool to, like, fit in anymore. (laughs) Um, It's cool to know who you are. And so when they see the church as someone who distances themselves from who they identify as being, um, this becomes a place where they don't feel like they belong. Like Victory talked about, if church is a place about belonging, the definition of belonging that we use at Albion College is... Um, being able to be yourself, no matter who you might be. And um, I think we can move to application. <laughs> um, I think if the church is known for love... We can move love, to the application slide. Yeah. <laughs> if the church is to be known for its love, um, how are we doing? Um, and that's big C, that's crossroads, that's all of it. Um, and then I want to invite you to think smaller. How are you doing? Um, and we have some specific ways that you can grow in that um, on the next slide. But I would just invite you to take a post-it note if you're at home, a piece of paper, and 
write down a question that resonates with you to think about throughout the week. Um, And I want to start with this foundation, and I stole this language from Albion, so sorry, copyright, I don't know. But Crossroads belongs to you, and you belong at Crossroads. Mm. And if you really believe that, it's going to change the way you experience God. And you know that if you feel that here. Mm. Um, But the four questions I want to ask is, one, is Crossroads home? Um, And Victory talked about kind of that decision-making process, right? Like, it takes an active thing on our part (laughs) to choose to make a place home. And if you haven't made that decision, just think this week about why or why not. Um, And then second, do you think Crossroads is a place where all people belong? I think this is really important. Um, We talk a lot about some issues here, um, but if we, do we have to agree on the rules and do people have to follow the rules in order for Crossroads to be a place where people can be themselves? Um, and so just ponder that this week, if that's what the one that the Holy Spirit is highlighting for you. Uh, third, do you um, let all of yourself come to church? We talked about that one. And then lastly, who are the people that you do 60 to 70% of your learning with? And I think finding your people is so essential to feeling like you can be yourself. Mm -hmm. And so if you have those people, tell those people who they are this week. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And if you don't have those people, um, there are a lot of ways. um, And it takes courage. It's really hard to actually be yourself. Um, And so... If you don't have someone that you can talk to or that you feel like you belong with here at the church, feel free to talk to any of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we would love to know your story. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And, and what's so funny is, um, you know, we didn't feed these questions to you. It was like, what do you, what do you want the church to be? What, what should it emerge coming out of COVID? How do you dream about the church for the next generation really reaching people for Christ? And the fact that you brought it down to this right? Like you zoomed into the place where you're sitting right now. They zoomed it into here. You know, I'm thinking like global church, capital C church. And I, I think that what you're saying to us is everybody get a grip. You need to zoom it in <laughs> to a small group of people that you can do your Christian journey with, that there is a way for you to, to know the love of God by looking in the face of another person who doesn't look like you, who doesn't think like you, doesn't have the same rules you do, might have a perspective that just wakes you up to the love of God in a new way. And so I love that about this church because I know I don't agree with any of you on a lot of things. (laughs) And that makes me so happy because I'm not looking to build a cult. I'm looking to follow Jesus. And I'm, and I'm excited to hear people who get to know Jesus and tell us how they've come to know Jesus, you know? And so today, as we take communion um, together, you can begin to open up your communion elements. And um, we're going to show you this beautiful scripture, which is just one of the resurrection stories. While we were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, and they thought they saw a ghost. Now, I think if Jesus appears to you in bodily form, you might think you're seeing a ghost. And so read all of Luke 24, because I'm just going to give you a couple of snapshots. But 
Think about this for a minute. What does your resurrection story include the way you've seen Jesus in another person, in a vision, in a dream? Um, I talked to a person who's a Jewish person. She's a close friend of mine. She's not, she's a pre-believer in Jesus. I'm spending lots of time with her. And she told me Jesus appeared to her on a dock and talked to her. And she told me, you know, I really like your Jesus. So I keep talking to her about my Jesus. But Jesus has never appeared to me on a dock, right? But, but how has Christ shown up in your life through scripture or in a, in a song, in, in the eyes of another person? And I love this. And while they still did not believe it, even though they saw a ghost, it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. And then he opened their minds to see what they could only understand, what they could understand in the scriptures because he ate with them. He got in small group with them. This is on the road to Emmaus, these folks. Jesus sat down and ate. You can't believe how your eyes can be opened when you sit at a table with people and share story. This is so beautiful. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. And they worshiped him and they returned to Jerusalem with joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. Don't you love it? Like this resurrected Jesus, you see Jesus ascending. And what do you do? Go to church and talk about it. Go get with your people and talk about it. I'm so grateful for those of us who live in homes with another Christian person that you can share your faith on the regular. But others of us don't, right? And, And need to be together. I mean, the way, the reason these two are sitting right next to each other is they're a married couple. I know they're not old enough to be married yet, but it's, it's true. They are. And, um, and so what we know that there are blessings of living with people in your home, whether you're related to them or their roommates or they're on your floor. And I know even during the recent difficult times at Albion, you became a voice victory for so many people. Your, your mentors were so proud of you. They were, I mean, they were talking behind your back about you. I just want you to know that you became a voice to talk about what really mattered on the campus. And we just want to say, you know, this happens because of small groups. This happens because we have someone that we can look eyeball to eyeball and feel the love of God through someone else. I know you guys in your marriage group, you're always doing great stuff and Ed brings wild beasts and things for people to eat. I mean, there are gifts in our midst. If you're not involved in a small group, my friends, you can. Kathleen, our Connections pastor, you know her. There she is. She'll take care of you. She will help connect you. She's been connecting people for 30 years. And she'll trick you into coming to Bible studies. you got to watch out for her. And, and, the, and the reason that these things matter, friends, is because there are generations coming after us that are counting on us to fall in love with Jesus and to bring ourselves fully so that later on, like we're reading about these people, right? And I know people are gonna be reading about these people and the love of God in our midst. And so friends, together, why don't we, if you can, if you're able, stand. And let's remember that Jesus revealed 
himself in the breaking of bread and the drinking of wine and with broiled fish. And Jesus showed up in ways that are so human, everyone, so very human, because Jesus wants us to know that he wants to sit with us and wants us to sit with one another. So on the night, the night, the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, take this, all of you, and eat. This is my body given for you. And every time you eat, remember, remember me. And right now, Jesus, we're remembering you at the table in a small group in a place where people tell stories, in a place where you shared the greatest command, remembering for us to love one another, the place at the table. And I pray that even as we take this bread, that Jesus, we would remember you. Can you sing this or say this together? Jesus, we remember you. Jesus, we remember. Take the bread. After supper was ended, Jesus took the cup and lifted it up and gave thanks and said, Drink this, all of you. Drink this. This is the cup of the new covenant written in my own blood. Every time you come together, remember me. And together, Jesus, as we drink this cup, we want to remember that this is about what you've done for us, body and blood. That's about your presence at the table and that you are present in the bread and the wine, in the conversation in the sharing of scripture and song. And together we say, Jesus, we remember you. Jesus, we remember you.
as we sing this I believe what our hearts truly believe today we pray that you would move in us in ways that only you can move that you would allow our story the resurrection story of Christ that our faith in in you God would change generations that we would be the people who can carry the message that's humbling God to think that each of us here are carrying a message like Cleopas, like Peter, like Mary like Salome, like all of those who've gone before us that we could be open to that kind of changing our world resurrection story. And so God, even as we sing this song of our faith, if we light a candle or we write a prayer or we write a resurrection story, let these final moments be an amen to whatever it was we heard you say today. Whether it was about moving forward whether it was about being open, whatever the words that stay with us today, where do we belong, finding my people, God, we pray that we would honor the truth of what you've done for us in ways that live the dream that you imagine in this generation and beyond. Jesus.
hands in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that the Holy Spirit, the giver of life, the giver of truth, the giver of grace, the giver of freedom, the giver of joy, unspeakable, would teach us how to love you and one another. And so follow our friends all week long, God, as their story is being built. And bless them, God, with the reality of the resurrection, we pray. In the strong name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Have a beautiful, beautiful week. I believe. I believe in God.